Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go to the many 5e books and talk about various rules and enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today, we're here to talk to you about the Book of Vile Darkness. <laughs> Ah, Nathan, what do you know about the Book of Vile Darkness? I think it's a book that's very vile and full of darkness. <laughs> yes, that is actually correct, but not exactly the most complete answer. So we talked at length about artifacts in Tuesday's episode. So I do suggest uh, giving that a listen before you do continue on through this, because today is going to be a deep dive into the artifact, the Book of Vile Darkness. This is an infamous item throughout the history of Dungeons and Dragons, not just for fifth edition and even not just for fourth edition, but even going all the way back to third edition, the Book of Vile Darkness has been quite a prominent thing. Honestly, However, like, oops, go ahead. Honestly, I, I'd say that the Book of Vile Darkness, you know, it's trying too hard. That name, it's it's too long. You know, you got to go with like something a bit more manageable. <laughs> I mean, it's four words, man, and one of those is book. That's not that bad. No, it is terrible. <laughs> opinions on naming schemes aside what is so oh boy there is a lot to talk about with the book so before i even go into like the fifth edition version of the book of vile darkness one thing that is really fucking cool about the book is that it does not just exist in DD rule like in a DD world the Book of Vile Darkness has actually been published twice. In third edition, they actually printed a version of the Book of Vile Darkness as a supplemental source book. So much like how we do have so many of the like additional kind of books like, you know, Mythic Odysseys of Theros. And, you know, there's other just books that are out with Finally. supplemental information. A book with okay. a good name. <laughs> Fuck you, Nathan. But <laughs> so they published this as a source book in third edition and in fourth edition, they reprinted a new fourth edition book of vile darkness as well. And in those like they put all of the dark stuff. And what's also kind of fun about it, like this was big controversy, like when the first one came out, especially because that was back in 2002 when the, you know, the original third edition one came out and like, oh man, critics went nuts. Uh, there was a quote here that I liked. Uh, ba, 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 ba. So one of the Dragonlance campaign setting uh, people, uh, what was it, described it as excrement, cheap, trashy and demeaning. And just like, because there is a, like all of the just the just dark shit like it really is aptly named vile darkness because this has the mechanics for all kinds of stuff back in that 
the published version of the book. So that is the book that had the rules for drug use, demonic possession, torture, ritual sacrifice. Not to mention it had 18 subclass options in that book. Spells, feats, magic items, all kinds of stuff. It had the stat blocks for demon lords and archdevils. So we talked about the Wand of Orcus a good bit on uh, Tuesday's episode. And Orcus's stat block actually was part of the Book of Vile Darkness for Dungeon Masters to make use of. So, like I'm trying to just point out here, it is historically significant, even out of game. But all of that aside, and well, actually, before I put that aside, uh, if you do want to just look through the third uh, edition and fourth edition Book of Vile Darkness, like that is not completely compatible with fifth edition rules just because it is older edition. But I do suggest to just look through either of or both of those books, because like I actually do have the fourth edition book of Vile Darkness myself, and it's something I've made use of extensively. We have talked at length about how much I like evil campaigns and also just using the rules in that book to just make bad guys and just to make antagonists or to even make like antiheroes just because it is dark. It is it can be debated how evil you want to lean with that. But the fifth edition Book of Vile Darkness is pretty exclusively evil, capital E as an item. It is fucked up. Just the stuff that they even list is in the book and just the mechanical effects that this item has on the people who use it and even just the people around them. So normally I do skip over a lot of the reading when we do a deep dive like this, but there is so much to the book that I am probably going to be just gushing over a lot of just the actual text in the item. So first things first, before I do mention that, this is part of, or this is in the 5e dungeon master's guide so you don't need any you know weird book to gain access to it like it is just right there in the dungeon master's guide so one last tangent before i actually do dive into the book itself it is kind of two sides of a coin to a lot of people there is the book of vile darkness for evil and then there's the book of exalted deeds just for all of the good you know potential stuff out there but it isn't actually canonically like two sides of the same coin even if a lot of people you know think of it that way or maybe even write it that way like, if you, for your own world, want to make that a thing, then, yeah, you certainly can do that. But if you just want there to be this just evil book out there and do not let it have that counterpart, yeah, do that. Because, again, if you're a DM, it's your world. You can change anything that you want. You can make anything that you want. That's part of the fun of being a DM. So, that being said, let's talk about the official rules of the 5th edition Book of Vile Darkness. So, it is 
a foul manuscript of ineffable wickedness. It is, oh man, just the lore description alone in the first couple of paragraphs just are, it's just so much fun, just phrasings of just, whoever wrote this seems like they have, they had a lot of fun with it. Let me put it that way. So, most believe the lich god Vecna authored the Book of Vile Darkness. He recorded in its pages every diseased idea, every unhinged thought, and every example of blackest magic he came across or devised. Vecna covered every vile topic he could, making the book a gruesome catalog of all mortal wrongs. Just fucking hell. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Yes. Does that mean, like, so does the Book of Exalted whatever have all the whitest magic, you know? Yeah. I see. Yeah, it is the good book. (laughs) The good book and the bad book. What happens if you put them together? Oh, that's actually an interesting question. I'm not sure that there is a canonical answer, but it probably it becomes the normal be book, good... the neutral book, <laughs> uh, the neutral book of neutralness. <laughs> it's like meh. It's like you could do this with that. It doesn't. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that actually could be a kind of interesting twist. Of like, imagine that's like accidental magical nuke if like the books ever touch then it's just an explosion of like radiant and necrotic energy for like a mile or some such oh that'd be amazing that would actually that could actually be a subplot in its own right just imagine if there is like some just very very angry person who just wants to or actually one mile would probably be too small let's say a hundred mile radius let's just go nuts with it that would be a lot of fun actually i might just have to use that at some point anyway the actual abilities of the book so even besides the like quantified mechanical things like even just the lore has some extra just details of things that happen just around it Nature can't abide the book's presence. Ordinary plants wither in its presence. Animals are unwilling to approach it, and the book gradually destroys whatever it touches. Even stone cracks and turns to powder if the book rests on it long enough. Holy shit, like, that is fucked. Like, ah, I just... It's really really cool. Yeah, like, and... Like I talked about in Tuesday's episode, just about artifacts in general, talking about how an artifact can set a mood. This is such a perfect example of like the best ways an artifact is described to set a mood. Like even just taking apart anything that is in the book, which I haven't even gotten to yet. The fact that just the book's presence itself is that fucked up. That says something about the item. And just because it does have the description that most believe the Lich God Vecna authored it does not mean that that has to be the case. So 
the fact that they do explicitly say that it is believed that that's the case means that you as a DM can absolutely just say, no, that's not how it happened. Like maybe you have just, you know, your own death god or maybe you have like some evil, powerful magic user who, you know, didn't want to become a lich. So they decided to just put their own soul into this book to tempt, you know, future generations of evil. Whatever you decide. Such a vile soul. <laughs> yes. God damn, you and the name, man. God. <laughs> <laughs> but like having the you know your own origin story just is absolutely something that you can make the choice to be. So anyway, diving now into some of the actual mechanics. So the very first thing that they actually mention here is actually one of the ones that I hate the most. But nonetheless, I report accurately. That's kind of my shtick. Whenever a non-evil creature attunes to the Book of Vile Darkness, they have to make a DC 17 charisma saving throw. On a failed save, the creature's alignment changes to neutral evil. I hate taking away player choice. If you have an item like this, it should be a slow corruption. It should offer power in exchange for evil deeds. It shouldn't just be a fucking switch that gets flipped when you attune to it to just turn evil. Fuck that. Yeah, okay. th I, I do agree, honestly, because it's more fun that way, where you can be like, I will give you power <laughs> if you just, um, you know, prod that young child there with this knife. <laughs> I mean, like, it could even just be like a slow corruption, just like, no, no, don't take that person captive. They might escape. You need to kill them. Do it. Yeah, no, no. Like, like even better. It's just like giving genuinely good um, advice. Like, he seems dangerous, you know? <laughs> it's just like, you probably should get rid of him. Just for safety. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, fuck, depending on... So, it... Technically speaking, the 5th edition version of the book is not considered to be a sentient artifact. But uh, again, you can, because that is something that is just a, a, a book thing. with that kind of name needs, needs a personality. Okay. Yeah, like, and honestly, I think I've mentioned before that one of just my favorite villains, period, is Palpatine of Star Wars. Just... The idea of the slow, slow seduction into darkness is done very well by him. The Indeed. prequels have a lot of problems, although, to be fair, the Clone Wars cartoon does fill out a lot of that, but that's a separate podcast. Just having there be a clever intelligence in the book to lure you in, to tempt you, to evil by offering its power in exchange for something is the honestly better way that i would advise using it and yet again the second just thing mentioned here also is one that i'm not super fond of uh, the book remains with you only as long as you strive to work evil in the world if you fail to perform at least one evil act within the span of 10 days or if you willingly perform a good act the book disappears. If you die while attuned to the book, an entity of great evil claims your soul. You can't be restored to life by any means while your soul remains imprisoned. So the second part 
Really cool. Losing your soul and therefore unable to be resurrected? Great consequence. But that first bit is problematic to me. So, okay, one evil act within 10 days. Okay, I can kind of see that. And like, that is, you know, the price that you have to pay for just being attuned to the book. I can kind of see that but i can also see that being like a negotiation with the book like maybe you can negotiate like okay if i have to travel through two weeks in the desert that's going to be a little problematic just because of opportunity <laughs> i was thinking just like petty ass shit you know that, that that was like something that piqued my fancy uh it was just like so you want me to do evil and the book is like yes it's like okay I shall sneak into the pantry and steal the meat. <laughs> For some reason, my brain went in a different direction than that. I will sneak into the pantry and I will rearrange where things are and they'll be very confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, I mean, that's technically evil, but, but yes, I, I but thought we were going to do like, you know, cool things here. Like, like, you know, gen genocide, you know, it's like, but, but genocide is, is too simple. <laughs> it's also still only one act, so you still need to do something else in a week and a half. <laughs> oh, it's like, oh, come on, can't I just have a little bit of vacation after that? No. <laughs> just like, I like the idea of having like a sentient book that can be like negotiated with, where like you can have like more time for a stronger, like the whole, you know, bargain for power, like, there's a reason that people are interested in like the tales of Faust, like talking about bargains with evil is a trope for a reason. It can be interesting story, but just having that just be so very, very restricted, just like one saving throw and you just turn evil is dumb. Or just that if you perform any willing good act, it just disappears. What if you're trying to pull a long con? Like the like, OK, you mentioned genocide and like there's no way that you can build an army if you don't like, OK, does the book consider paying your troops well a good act? That's too good, man. You, you got to treat them like shit. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, that's stupid. If you willingly perform a single good act, the book disappears. That's stupid. No, I, I, tell, I tell you what. The, the only way this could work, right, is that first off, you're, you're an idiot. Secondly, the guy who, who there's another guy who tells you to do everything. So, and yeah, basically, false to do what he says. That's how that's how you can get. <laughs> yeah, you have to be unwilling. Then. Yeah, yeah. So, so <sighs> like just manip just use that little bit of text right there to just twist it towards you know, your use. No, just just strike through that line <laughs> because it's dumb. Like the whole point of the Book of Vile Darkness is that you are to strive to work evil in the world. You can't just be like a cartoon mustache twirling evil villain where every single thing that you do is evil because that's just not how that shit works. Like it's like, boss, can I get today off? My my, <laughs> well, one of the boys, uh, it's, uh, he, something happened and it's like, no, because I don't evil. care if you broke your leg. You still have to go to training. What? I mean, there's being evil and then there's just being unreasonable. <laughs> like, so honestly, so all of that, like, I, I highly suggest just tweaking 
like the rules as written for those bits. But the soul bit, that one is interesting to me. So it is purposefully vague, just that if you die while attuned to the book, an entity of great evil claims your soul. That is beautifully vague, because that means then that you can choose. So this actually goes back to also just how your book exists. Is it the kind of thing where like some powerful magic user just, you know, collected evil and just it came to life? Is it like they put their own soul in it as a form of immortality? Is it something that, you know, Vecna made as like a trap for, you know, the world? Is it something that just is connected to just some you know, demon, some other kind of demon lord. Is it something that is just like connected to primordial evil? Like if you want to go like more vague with your cosmology. Like, but whatever it is, that is cool. <laughs> because if you have your soul claimed, like it even specifically says in the next sentence, you can't be restored to life by any means while your soul remains imprisoned. What is also very interesting, usually such things will say you can't be restored to life by any means except wish. This specifically says by any means, which would mean that if you do go by that rules as written, even wish cannot reclaim the soul. But... You can find if if the if someone's able to figure out where you ended up, they can technically make you not imprisoned if they manage to find a way there and unimprison you. Correct. And honestly, that's one of the things that I really like, you know, hopefully for a higher level campaign, but not necessarily like the idea of planar shenanigans is another one that I am quite fond of. So if you do find like maybe you have to like go on a quest just to find out where is the book linked to? Like, is it connected to some demon lord? In which case, okay, you would have to like go to that, you know, dimension, or, you know, that layer of hell or the abyss or whatever cosmology you're using. And then they have to like go there and try to find, you know, your, your friend's soul. Or is it the kind of thing where like the others in the group like bind themselves to the book and then, then like you try to like fight your way out of hell as a party? Like you could start a high level campaign using this as the MacGuffin. Like you could just have it be at the start of the campaign. Your party is all killed and the Book of Vile Darkness sends you all to hell. Good luck. No, no, I was thinking of an even uh, a, a different one even so it's like okay uh, th this specific demon law has taken control of this world and there's no easy way into hell and then you're just like wait a second. I know about this thing called the Book of Vile Darkness. And then that's how, how you get there. Funny you should mention that, actually. Uh, so let's go ahead and just skip ahead a bit. There actually is a note, Vile Lore, that talks about what are some of the things that might actually be in the Book of Vile Darkness that might be used by a character, again, if you as Dunder Master allow it. Vile Apotheosis. The book could hold a ritual that allows a character to become a Lich or Death Knight. Fuck, that's cool. 
So normally it is purposely vague on like how beings become a lich. This is one of the only things in written fifth edition that actually explicitly says this can give the ability to become a lich. Exactly what you could have as the requirements, not written, but you as a DM can come up with something, you know, suitably monstrous for that. Also, true names. The true names of any number of fiends might be in the book. That's really fucking cool. Like there are those different types of spells that summon demons and devils, and some of them do specifically mention that there are advantages to knowing the true name of a fiend. So by this gives you a way to get that. So this could be a whole separate quest. Like uh, another thing that actually is mentioned in the lore bit uh, further up is just that pages can be torn out of the book, but usually just because of, you know, it, it's an artifact. So the magic of the book will usually repair such things over time. But that does mean that uh, even if you don't want to make use of the full book, you can just have pages of the book be out there. So you could have just quests to hunt down a specific page that is rumored to have been torn from the book to get the true name of some fiend to either summon to make a warlock deal. Like, hell, maybe this could even be how warlock packs happen in your world. Maybe there was just like some demon lord that had the Book of Vile Darkness that did just like basically write instructions in a bunch of these pages and then just scatter them out. So maybe that's just how warlocks exist. It's just people hunt down these pages and then use them to summon entities to bargain with. Like the Book of Vile Darkness can be the explanation for a lot of things in the world because its whole point is to spread evil and a DD world does typically have a lot of evil out there and it is very much a, like a possibility even like you could even decide that the book of vile darkness may be the source of evil in your world even like it could just be that all evil is sourced from the book and that if you were to figure out how to destroy the book then maybe that is something that would eliminate like evil in the world and lead to a period of peace so remy <sighs> how do you destroy the book <laughs> i'm glad you asked so this is another of the nice things about a lot of the fifth edition artifacts is that they do mention what is needed to destroy the artifact however it is also very important to know that just because it's written in the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide here does not mean that the players know all of the information that is listed here. And especially if you do go the more bargaining sentient route that we were talking about earlier, then again, remember, just because we know it does not mean that the player characters do. That being said, if a solar tears the book in two, the book is destroyed for 1d100 years, after which it reforms in some dark corner of the multiverse. So how powerful is a solar? So that is a celestial creature that is quite powerful indeed. I don't have its character sheet up, but I want to say it's something like a CR24 
Oh boy. So real, real strong. So how, ah, how easy is it to get uh, CR twenty one? Excuse me. How, how easy is it to get one? Is it just like, hey, yo, God, 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 man, send me a well, solar? And it's again, like, okay. part of that just depends on your world. So do you have like a celestial plane or do you have like a heaven with angels? So this would be the equivalent of like an archangel by like the, you know, Christian biblical definition. So this is the kind of thing where there are only a couple of out there period and even if there were you know some specific number of them maybe some of them have died over time so it is entirely possible that there may only be like a handful of these that exist if they exist at all in your world because again your cosmology may vary so there are actually other options for destroying the book too a creature attuned to the book for a hundred years can unearth a phrase hidden in the original text that when translated to celestial and spoken aloud, destroys both the speaker and the book in a blinding flash of radiance. However, as long as evil still exists in the multiverse, the book reforms 1d10 times 100 years later. This is another thing that's really fucking cool to me. So you have to be attuned to the book for a hundred years to destroy it for 100 to 1000 years, depending on what you get on the D10. How fucking cool would it be if there is an individual who's doing this terrible shit across the world? But, you know, you might later find out they are specifically doing it to stay attuned to the book. So that after that hundred year mark, like their oh, plan crazy. is to destroy the book. That'd be fucking cool. Like, I, I can imagine like an instance where, okay, let's imagine it's close to the end of the hundred years, but the players don't know about this, right? So mm -mm. They're, they're attacking the bad guy and it's like, haha, I'm so fucking evil. Ha 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 ha. And then they bring him down and it's like, you fools, what have you done? <laughs> mm hmm. Like, or just like, imagine if it's a situation where the players do find out about this, but it's at like the 90 year mark. So will the players allow 10 years more of this really powerful evil magic user to potentially, like also just do they think he's even telling the truth, even if he does tell them. Like 10 mm -hmm. years of evil with a powerful magic user could be a really fucking bad thing. And there's also the fact that the book is specifically stated to reform 1d10 times 100 years later. So is 100 years of evil worth 100 years of peace? Like, even though, you know, it might be more, but at a minimum, it is 100 years of peace afterwards. Like, that is a question. And that is a fascinating one to me, because... Like, what kind of choice would you make if someone specifically just if you are like, let's just say, you you know, you yourself are just, you know, summoned and given a choice. Do you allow 100 years of vile darkness in exchange for at <laughs> least 100 years, but potentially a thousand of peace? How do you uh, judge such a thing? It's It's actually really hard, obviously. And that's you know, just yet another just benefit of the book. Just like there are so many things that can be interpreted in so many different ways that it's just fucking cool. And there is actually Wait. a third. Yes, what? 
So, like, you're talking about all this attunement stuff. So what happens if, like, okay, you, you, you go to the library and then you're just, like, you know, browsing and it's, like, this leather-bound book that's very, you know, giving off this evil aura, you know, things are rotting around it, and then you just pick it up. Pick it up. What happens to you? Well, again, attunement is a specific 5th edition mechanic. So it's something that does take, you know, one hour, to, like, during a short rest usually, to attune to a magic item. However, again, magic items actually do have options to tweak things. This is something that is actually of particular interest to me. So in the chapter talking about magic items, like there is actually a list of minor properties that you can use to make magic items more interesting. And one of them is harmonious. Attuning to this item takes only one minute. So... Technically, you know, that is a thing that just could be on any magic item. However, again, we're talking about artifacts here. And like I talked about on Tuesday, this is a situation where Henwavium might be your friend. So imagine, like, again, if you're going with the sentient version, that, you know, if you're just in the same library as, like, where the book might be kept when you, like, stumble across this ancient abandoned library, that you just find this book on the ground with a collapsed, you know, stone pedestal around it. Because again, we talked about how it just breaks the shit around it over time. Mm -hmm. So they just wonder, oh shit, that's a weird thing. You know, what is this book that is, you know, away from everything else? And then like, let's just say that there is, you know, a evil person in the party who, or someone not evil who might, you know, potentially be tempted. And they just start hearing whispers, just like, pick me up i will give you power greater than you can imagine i was thinking more of like you you enter like this this like powerful wizard's home and then you just like notice it on one of the shelves and it's like what's that oh that's just light reading and you know gotta flip some pages and see some honestly some of this stuff is a bit quite interesting but you know it kind of bores me so i've never you know read it more than an hour So actually, uh, speaking of the hour, there is also one uh, additional note here that after attuning, you're supposed to spend 80 hours reading and studying it to digest its contents and reap the benefits. You can then freely modify the book's contents, provided those modifications advance evil and expand the lore already contained within. So that could also be interpreted as like the thing I was talking about earlier of like, you know, pages for potential warlock contracts or just any kinds of whatever evil shit. But technically speaking, even besides the initial attunement, it's supposed to take an additional 80 hours before you actually get the other benefits. So anyway, we've been talking a lot about the lore, and I still haven't actually talked about a lot of the mechanical benefits. <laughs> I keep getting tangented. Uh, actually, oh, sorry. Speaking of tangents, uh, one uh, there is actually a third method to destroy the book, so let me just uh, wrap that up first, which is the least text, but also just, yeah, fucking right. If all evil in the multiverse is wiped out, the book turns to dust and is forever destroyed. Fuck that. That's just not possible. That's not, no, it's easy. Not, not even an inconvenience. <sighs> right. 
Yeah. So basically, if all sentient life gets wiped out, that's the only way it would disappear. <laughs> I was like, I will kill all. And it's like, why? To destroy this book. It's like, wasn't there an easier way? <laughs> yes, we just need to summon you know, the Archangel Michael to rip in half for us. Because <laughs> that's easy. Anyway, we have coffee on the weekends. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if you are like, you know, a level 20, you know, 300 year old wizard, I mean, that's not impossible. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so we talked that there are, you know, beneficial and detrimental properties that the book or that artifacts can have. And this one gives three minor beneficial one major beneficial but it also gives three minor detrimental and two major detrimental so i didn't go into too many of the things on the chart just because there's a lot of charts and i'm just not gonna be able to take the time to read off like 80 things from that but just to talk about some of the potential just detrimental let me just pick like two or so from the minor detrimental just because some of them are pretty funny while attuned you emit a sour stench noticeable up to 10 feet away that's a bit funny uh <laughs> while attuned to the artifact you must eat and drink six times the normal amount each day that's amazing <laughs> oh you're a hobbit okay then and that's just the minor detrimental. So also two major detrimental. And this is where things can get fucked up, which I mean is honestly kind of cool. Creatures with a challenge rating of zero, as well as plants that aren't creatures, drop to zero hit points when within 10 feet of the artifact. So if you just like walk through well, actually, we talked about the whole pet shop idea briefly in Tuesday about the animals being afraid. But here, if you just like walk through a city, any rats or cats or, you know, just like small pets, everything within 10 feet just immediately fucking dies. That's just fucked up. Ba, ba, ba. Let's see. Okay, here's another fun one. While attuned to the artifact, you lose the ability to speak. That's interesting. What? But I'm less fond of that one because that is much more of just like a uh, fuck you than actually. Really How do you playable. spread evil like that? Shit. Yeah, like that's. So this is a good example of why I say that you shouldn't just roll for it and that you should just take inspiration instead. Like. Honestly, I think it would even be more interesting instead of just lose the ability to speak. Like if you want to go the sense route, imagine just you become deaf. So you are spreading evil, but you are unable to hear. So you are immune to the screams of your enemies. You are immune to hearing advice from anyone who, you know, you were to trust with your plans. Like that's the kind of thing that I could see really just kind of fuck it up an evil person like morally speaking even worse because you're just not affected by like screams like that's 
that is one of the, like the things that is hardwired into brains of like, oh, I hear a scream. There is a bad thing happening. The inability to hear that would probably fuck with you. Probably. Anyway, so just take inspiration from like the whole properties lists. But I do really suggest either picking specific ones or honestly, just not even really making as much use of those. Like that really is something that I still kind of flip flop on of just like, is it a good thing to include with artifacts or to just give them like a more explicit cost? Like that's honestly just a f other fun way to go about. It. Anyway, mechanics. No more tangenting. Adjusted ability scores. After you spend the, the requisite time reading and studying the book, one ability score of your choice increases by two to a maximum of 24. And another ability score of your choice decreases by two to a minimum of three. That's fucking cool. So any creature can potentially have this be useful. You could have like a warrior become stronger. You could have a wizard become smarter, but then you also do have to decrease something by two. So a perfect blunt example of cost for benefit, and it is direct two for two. I like that one. Mark of Darkness. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You uh, spend the time reading and studying. Acquire a physical disfigurement as a hideous sign of your devotion to vile darkness. An evil rune might appear on your face. Your eyes might become glossy black or horns might sprout from your forehead. Or you might become wizened and hideous. Lose all fe facial features. Gain a forked tongue or some other feature the DM chooses. The Mark of Darkness grants you an advantage on persuasion checks made to interact with evil creatures and intimidation checks to interact with non-evil creatures. Alright, that's kind of cool, but I don't like that it is something immediately obvious. Or and just the fact that it is the DM's choice, like this is the kind of thing that I might just say, like, OK, here's the list, but like I'll let you pick what you think would just be cool. Like if you want to have just like the inky black eyes or if you want to just, you know, have there be just whatever. Like, I think that that's a pretty cool one. But the idea of obvious evil is one that I dislike, like the idea of. Mu I, like I, I keep saying it, but mustache twirling evil just isn't how it works. Like you have lots of successful bad guys that need to pull the long con to pull off the grand scheme. So having there be just obvious signs of evil is something I'm not quite as fond of. Next up, though, command evil. While attuned to the book, you can use an action to cast a Dominate Monster on an evil target with a save DC of 18, and you can't use the property again until the next dawn. So quick reminder, though, Dominate Monster is the stronger version of just like Charm Person or Dominate Person, because Dominate Monster allows you to do it on any creature. It uses the word monster, but technically dominate creature would be a more accurate phrasing. So for up to an hour, if they fail that saving throw, you have a telepathic link to the charmed creature 
and can directly specify every fucking thing that it does for an hour. So let's say a smart bad guy used this on an evil member of an adventurer's party that was going after them. You can even have them, if they fail the saving throw, just act as normal until that opportune moment to either betray the party or to save the villain like during the big fight. That is a really powerful spell. And again, just because someone attunes to it doesn't mean that they're normally a magic user. So if you have like an evil, you know, warlord fighter type, then you may not expect them to have any form of magic. So that can be quite the ace in the hole. All right, next up, Dark Lore. You can reference the Book of Vile Darkness whenever you make an intelligence check to recall information about some aspect of evil, such as lore about demons. When you do so, double your proficiency bonus on that check. So in other words, any time that you make any kind of arcana check, history check, nature check about something evil, you roll with expertise. That's pretty sweet. Like, relatively simple mechanically, but I like that, like, for the lore reasons. Just like, yes, this has knowledge on all of the evil. That's cool. Dark speech. While you carry the book and are attuned to it, you can use an action to recite words from its pages in a foul language known as dark speech. Each time you do so, you take 1d12 psychic damage, and each non-evil creature within 15 feet of you takes 3d6 psychic damage. This one I really fucking like. So... There are quite a number of interesting aspects to that. So first of all, the automatic psychic damage to you in exchange for that kind of AoE attack. However, one very important thing to point out here, there's no saving throw at all. So if you were to just use that ability, every non-evil creature within 15 feet of you will take that automatic 3d6 psychic damage. And one other just detail that I do need to point out here, as a reminder, that there is not a binary of evil and good. There is evil, neutral, and good. And it does just say each non-evil. So every single good creature and neutral creature would take that psychic damage. So that could include animals, people, Everything that isn't explicitly evil would automatically take that 3d6 psychic damage. And that's just as an action, as long as you're willing to take that d12 psychic damage yourself. Like, that's really fucking cool as an ability. Like, honestly, I just really like that. So, I'm curious, Nathan. With all of the things that I have just described about the Book of Vile Darkness... Is either the book itself or some version of it something that you might decide to use? So, I generally don't take uh, many things from the DMG the uh, because, you know, stuff that appears in other stuff, not always the best um, to play around with because it's lots of people go over it. But I can certainly imagine using this for a possible future item or another or as a you know th there's many ways that you can use 
items that are similar to it, um, create certain items that are similar to it, and you know have its own twist. Exactly, and just the ability to twist that is just part of the fun of using artifacts in your worlds, and the Book of Vile Darkness just is such a perfect example of an item with a lot of powerful abilities to the attuned character, a lot of lore behind the official version that can all be used as inspiration for any kind of similar item for your own world that just can be used in a myriad of ways to either explain the presence of certain creatures and evils in your world or potentially even the source of all evil evil thanks for listening to this episode of refs and rules Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Tier stars lowers a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Support us to get benefits such as behind the scenes content, early exercise episodes, access to Patreon Discord where we will chat with the cast, and even a shout out on the show. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riffwick Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwick, on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Riffwick Podcast, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs and rules at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.